This is Christian Questions. Albert Einstein once said, when the solution is simple, God is answering. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Christian Questions, talk radio with a purpose with Jonathan and Rick. This isn't your typical Christian commentary. We love talking with our audience, and we promise to never talk at you like so many talk shows do today. This is a conversation about biblical topics as we look at them from a different perspective. And Rick, that perspective is based on godly principles, family values, honest dialogue, all in a politically free zone. Jonathan, the best part is this. We talk and you listen, and then you talk and we listen. You can also contact us at our website, ChristianQuestions.com. I'm Rick. And I'm Jonathan. And we're glad that you have chosen to spend some time with us this morning. And Jonathan, what's up? What's happening? What we? What are we doing? <laughs> well, Rick, our, our question for this morning is, can everyone answer the gospel call? And our theme text is found in John chapter 3, verse 17. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. All right, so the question, can everyone answer the gospel call? And look at it this way, folks. We we are blessed, truly blessed to know Christ and to have the opportunity for salvation before us. In light of this blessing that is claimed by Christians, some have raised the question, if you, if you Christians, that is, have this blessing and pass to God's favor, uh, while the vast majority of the world's population does not, then isn't that saying that your God, the God of Christians, is not an equal opportunity employer? And is that a fair God? So, the question is, is their question legitimate? That's the question, Jonathan. It's a it's a hard question. This is a tough one. It is. Yeah, it does. It brings up a very valid point. If you're blessed and everybody else isn't, how could that possibly be fair to the everybody else? Well, Rick, you're not here in the studio. What are you doing? Where are you? <laughs> I know. I travel around a lot these days. Actually, Trish and I are up in Rockland, Maine, uh, for the next couple of days. Trish's uh, stepmom passed away. And uh, so there's a memorial service today. We just wouldn't have been able to get there uh, in time after the radio program, so we came up last night. So that's what's happening. She and I are up in Rockland, Maine, and uh, for that memorial service. All right. Very good. All right. So here we go. We've got to get into this issue. Can it, can everyone answer the gospel call? So, folks, I'm going to give you the number now. If you have a thought on that, we're obviously going to give you our opinion as we develop here. But we'd love to hear from you here where you stand on on that, it's 866-985-4255, toll free, 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now. And we want to hear what you have to say about today's topic. Post your comments on our Facebook page and go to our blog. Go to ChristianQuestions.com. Okay. Some Christians say that the good news is for everyone, and there are scriptures that seem to give that sense. Let's take a look at a few of those now. Acts 17, 29 to 31. Being then the children of God, we ought not to think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and thought of man. So now the Apostle Paul is speaking to the pagans in Athens. He's looking at all of their idols, and he's talking to them from the standpoint of where they are, idol worshippers. And he's basically saying, look, God is not an image that we can make with our hands. 
And, and now he's talking about the real God instead of all of their false gods. So let's continue with verse 30. Therefore, having overlooked the times of ignorance, God is now declaring to men that all people everywhere should repent, because he has fixed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness through a man whom he's appointed, having furnished proof to all men by raising him from the dead. So, Jonathan, right there, the Apostle Paul is saying God is declaring to, to men that all people everywhere should repent. So it certainly sounds like, hey, look, everybody should get into this boat because the boat's leaving the dock and you got to get on it. That's right. Okay. Everybody sounds like everybody's invited right now. Now, there's several other scriptures that don't intimate that. We're going to get to them in a minute. I want to go to a soundbite, Jonathan, and but I want to do a little bit of explanation before we do the soundbites. Very good. Soundbites today are excerpts from a skit done by the skit guys. Uh, this particular skit is based on a story of the chiseling work that God does on our character to conform us into the image of Christ. So it, it's a Christian-based skit. It's about the development of Christian character. Now, the skit is both its funny, it's serious, and it's moving as it teaches the lesson of letting go and letting God. So we're going to drop in. We're not going to do the whole thing for you, but we're going to drop in on pieces of this skit uh, with God speaking with uh, one of his children, Tommy. Uh, God has in his hands a hammer and a chisel. Okay, So he is ready to do the chiseling work on Tommy's character. And again, these guys, are, they're, they're funny, uh, but they also make a very profound point. We're going to keep coming back to them through the program. So let's go to this first cut getting started with the chiseling process from the skit guys. Okay, okay. If you're God, who's going to win the World Series this year? I'm really not into playing games. Why are you so much into playing games? You are God. What gave it away? You answered my question with a question. I did? <sighs> yeah, I do that. Don't I? I did it again. <laughs> Step right up. Here we go. Okay. All right. Hey, what are we doing? I'm going to make you my original masterpiece. This is the process. Oh, okay. Got it. Yeah. Wait, wait. What are these about? These are the tools I'm going to use to make you into my original masterpiece. Okay. Hang on. Yeah. I thought you were a carpenter. That's my son. Step right up. Here we go. Okay. So he's getting ready to do the chiseling, and Tommy is a little bit leery because the guy's got a hammer and a chisel in his hands. Yes, he does. <laughs> so basically, there's a message beginning to be shown you have to be reshaped, if you will. So we'll see how that develops, uh, because, Jonathan, that's the theme of what Christianity is when we ask this question, can everyone answer the gospel call? So let's, get, let's go back to some of the scriptures that give us a sense that God wants everybody. Uh, Matthew 16, 24 to 27. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. See, again, Jonathan right there says, if anyone wishes to come after me, here's what he's got to do. And whoever wants to save his life, so it sounds like you're saying, look, anybody can just jump right in. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and will then repay every man according to his deeds. Okay, now there's something a little bit ominous at the end there as well. 
um, it sounds like nobody's going to get away with anything. That's definitely what it sounds like, Rick. <laughs> and we're going to come back to that a little bit later, but uh, earlier in the Scripture, it's whoever wants to, whoever wants to, back to the Acts Scripture, you know, declaring to all men to repent, because so there's, there seems to be a broad and sweeping message to everybody to come and answer the gospel call of Jesus Christ. Now, with that in mind, Let's take another minute and let's go back to the skit guys. We're going to go back to them hopefully twice each segment and see the development process of what it does actually mean to answer the gospel call. And again, this is a little bit funny, uh, but it really is moving from the standpoint it touches the heart in terms of where we all fit and the, and, and the, the, uh, the, the, the desire to maybe not be all in when we should be. I guess that's the best way to say it. So here's Tommy talking to God about this chiseling process, this reshaping of his life. Let's go back to the, uh, to, to the skit guys. Oh, hey, God. Mm -hmm. How do you know what to chisel away and what to leave? I take out everything in your life that doesn't belong there, kind of like dead weight. Ooh, speaking of dead weight, could you chisel right here? It showed up when I was in my 20s and grew around and became back fat. I don't even know why you created that, but I can't get rid of it. I mean, I've tried everything. Like, I tried running. I tried lifting weights. My wife actually talked me into trying Pilates. That was awkward. But I can't get rid of it. So if you would just chisel around here, and then, you know what, if you chisel a line right here and maybe... Four to five, maybe eight lines right here. That would be awesome. You're funny. You made me that way. I also made the platypus. The platypus? All I'm saying is most of my children, when it comes to this process, they just want to talk, but they don't want to do the work. So do you want to talk or can I chisel? Talk, chisel. No, talk, no, chisel. no, 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 no. I choose to chisel. All right. <laughs> That's hilarious. It is, and when you see this, and folks, I'm telling you, it is available on YouTube. I actually bought the video because it was so good. Um, it's you know he's talking about chiseling abs out for him so he can really look good, and and the point is, look, do you want to just talk about it, or do you want me, God, to do the work on your life of reforming you to what you should be? And so he's okay, fine, okay, yeah, great, great, let's go, let's go. But that's the hesitation that that we have because we like who we are. We do. So, <laughs> we're comfortable with us. <laughs> and, and that's the point. We may not like everything about it, but we're comfortable there, and, and that's where we end up uh, end up sitting. Let's go back to uh, some scriptures, Jonathan, that talk about the idea that um, perhaps the good news is for everyone. And, folks, if you do have a thought, it's 866-985-4255, toll-free, 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now. And the conversation continues online at ChristianQuestions.com. Contact us there with your questions or comments. Also, interact with us on our Facebook and our always updated blog. All right, John, uh, Jonathan, let's go to John 3.17. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. All right, and that was actually our theme text for the, the program, and this is saying, now it seems like there's almost a little bit of a contradiction, because in the previous scripture, if you remember, before the last soundbite, it says that uh, there's going to be a judgment. He's going to repay every man according to his deeds. Right. And in this scripture, it says, God didn't send his son to judge the world, but that the world would be saved. Well, you know, which is it? Good question. You know, is, it, is, it, is there judgment? Is there saving? How, can you have both? And if so, how would that work? Again, that's part of what we're going to be getting into as we go through this. But he, this is another scripture that gives a sense that, yes, everyone is open for the salvation of Jesus Christ. 
everyone is open. It says it's a sweeping statement. God didn't send his son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved. So it's a big, comprehensive statement. But let's go to one more. Matthew eighteen eleven to 14. For the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. What do you think? If any man has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray, does he not leave the ninety-nine on the mountains and go and search for the one that is straying? If it turns out that he finds it, truly I say to you, he rejoices over it more than the over the ninety-nine which he had, had not gone astray. So it is not the will of your Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones perish. And again, that is a parable that gives a sense that God has this big heart, and with God's big heart, he wants everybody to be included in this plan of salvation through Jesus. So here we're laying out several scriptures that give the idea that God wants everyone. Now, Jonathan, you and I know that everybody has not answered the gospel call. Oh, absolutely not, yeah. And you and I also know that not only has everybody not answered the gospel call, but the vast majority of people um, are not even interested in what the gospel call might have to say. Good point. So, But but, um, but I I like the angle from the last scripture that you love this, our Heavenly Father wants each and every one to come to the knowledge and understanding. And that's wonderful. Because that shows that character of love. Okay, now, but, but here's the problem. You know, we, we, we know the gospel call, and we know the scriptures say that, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. And if the vast, vast majority of people, both now and historically, have rejected that, then it seems like there's a really big problem. Because the scriptures seem to be uh, saying things in two different ways. So you've got to figure out, is this gospel call for everyone? And if how, how, do, how does this all work? This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, can everyone answer the gospel call? Coming up, does God call everyone to follow Jesus or does he have a do not call list? Which list are you on? Are you sure? That's next. You're listening to Christian Questions. Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, can everyone answer the gospel call? To be a part of our program, call toll-free 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now. And our website, ChristianQuestions.com. And Jonathan, did you say at the end of the last segment something about God having or does God have a do not call list? That's what I said, Rick. (laughs) And everybody, I'm sure everybody knows what the do not call list is. It's a national registry that uh, when you go on that, when you put your phone number on that, uh, uh, solicitors are not allowed to call you. That's right. So, so are we saying that God, could God possibly have his own do not call list that he's not, people he's not going to call uh, for, to, to answer the gospel call? And what's going to happen to them? Are they, are they doomed? And, and here's the thing, Jonathan, we're going to look at, at God's plan from the standpoint of lists today. Okay. He, and we really do believe that God does have a do not call list. All right? Yes, we, we do. Okay. 
So what does that mean? We're going to get to that in a minute. First of all, let's look at, let's go back again, because if he does have a do not call list, we want to compare. Well, what happens to the people on the do not call list versus the people on the call list? So for those he does call, let's look at Ephesians 5, verses 1 to 5. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love, just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. But immorality or any impurity or greed must not even be named among you, as is not proper among saints. And there must be no filthiness and silly talk or coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know with certainty that no immoral or impure person or covetous man who is an idolater has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. So here Jonathan is lining up the things that you shouldn't be and, uh, and, and saying you've got to change your, your, your life. You've got to rise above. You can't just accept Christianity and meld it into the life that you have. If you accept Christianity, you've got to chisel away everything else. That's right. Develop that Christ-like love an offering of sacrifice to God. So in that development, let's go back to the skit guys with uh, giving this, this presentation of God's chisel. And remember, Tommy is being, he's going to begin to be chiseled by God to have his, his life be reformed. So let's see how this conversation between Tommy and God goes. Through my Holy Spirit, I'm going to bring up things in your life that I want you to work on. Like your anger. I created the emotion, but you use it in the wrong way. Um, you compare yourself to others instead of me. You tell little white lies because you want to people please. You're lazy. But you try to fool everybody by looking really, really busy. You have a problem with lust? Time out. <laughs> I don't really have a problem with lust. You don't have a problem with lust. No, I can do it anytime I want. <sighs> <laughs> and, that, and that last thing, you got to see the video for that. Again, this is you can find the video on the, the Skit Guys website. It is on YouTube. It's a great, great uh, little story. But, you know, he says, uh, I can do it anytime I want. And God just kind of looks at him like, are you kidding me? Did you just say that? <laughs> And so it gives you a sense that this this man has got, is 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 struggling with getting rid of all of these things in his life, and that and that really is the Christian path, isn't it? It is, and it also sounds like it hurts to get rid of those things. Yeah, you hear him groaning. Ugh, ugh, Ouch! Every time the chisel is, is going because yes, you, you're, you're taking things away. So that's for those who are on the call list. That's the the light the the, the lot of their lives that they have to live. Now, for those that are, are not on the call list, those that are, that are on the do not call list, okay, what happens with them? And here, Jesus tells us about a do not call list. He actually tells us in Mark chapter 4, verses 10 to 20, and we'll take this in pieces. As soon as he was alone, his followers, along with the twelve, began asking him about the parables, and he said to them, To you has been given the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but those who are outside get everything in parables, so that while seeing, they may see and not perceive, and while hearing, they may hear and not understand. Otherwise, they might return and be forgiven. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How will you understand all the parables? So here, Jesus, he had given a parable of the sower and the seed. 
and the apostles, his, 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 his followers, are asking him about it. And he's saying that, to you it's given to understand this, but for the, those people that I'm telling the story to, I don't want them to understand. Because if they understood, then they might be forgiven. And who heavens, we don't want that. That's so the they're on the do not call list. Yes, Jesus is saying, those are the people that I am not trying to draw to me. And you think, why would Jesus not draw anybody if the other scripture says that he came to save the world? Right. It just doesn't make sense. It actually does make sense, but you have to see it in the bigger picture. We'll get to that. So now Jesus begins to explain this this particular parable. The sower sows the word. These are the ones who are beside the road where the word is sown. And when they hear, immediately Satan comes and takes away the word which has been sown in them. Okay, so the seed that falls by the wayside, uh, it doesn't even have a chance to, to take roots. The seeds are there, and before you can even begin to develop a true appreciation, it says Satan comes and takes it away. In a similar way, these are the ones on whom the seed was sown on the rocky places, who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy, and they have no firm root in themselves, but are only temporary. Then, when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately they fall away. And again, Jesus is describing the people who may have a, 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 a limited access to the gospel, but really don't do anything about it. So you had the, the, the seed by the wayside, which is Satan just snatched right up. And then in the rocky places, um, it actually begins to take root, and it begins to spring up, but there's no place for it to grow. And so it's got no strength, and um, when there's trouble, what happens? They immediately fall away. Right. It, the, the plant dies because it can't manage because there's no strong roots. So now there's a, another group that Jesus describes. And others are the ones on whom the seed was sown among the thorns. These are the ones who have heard the word, but the worries of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. So again, this is a third category of people who really don't follow Jesus, right? Right. All of these categories. So in this parable, he's showing how the seed goes to all these different places, and this is sown among the thorns, and the bottom line is there's too much else going on in that life, and there's no room for, the, for, the, for that seed. It could take root if all those thorns and things weren't there, but it doesn't, and it becomes unfruitful. Correct. And then finally you have the last category. Now these are the ones on whom the seed was sown on the good soil, and they hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30, 60, and a hundredfold. Okay, so Jonathan, three out of four of these examples are Jesus clearly stating that the purpose of his ministry is to leave his listeners in an unconverted and sinful state. That's right. Why would Jesus do that if he came to save the world? Because the Bible says he came to save the world. So there's something, there's, there's a gap here that has to be filled in somehow. So let, let's just t stay on this parable for just one more minute here. There's a question from the Matthew rendering of this parable. We read it from Mark, but from Matthew, one of the verses, I think it's important to, to, to ask the question to, to further the thinking here. Matthew thirteen nineteen. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. This is what was sown on the path. Okay, so when anyone hears the word of the kingdom, but doesn't understand it. What does it mean to not understand it? Uh, to put
put together or to comprehend it? Okay, so here's an interesting question you have to ask yourself. If Jesus, I mean, look, God is love, right? Every Christian believes that. Yes. Jesus is, is God's son. Jesus comes to die. Uh, I mean, Jesus is the, is the embodiment of God's love, right? Absolutely. Yet in the parable he's saying, if someone doesn't comprehend the word, then uh, it's, Satan comes and takes it away. And how fair is that when you think about it? Just because somebody doesn't understand something, you can allow Satan to take it away, and that's it? That's the end of them? That does not sound fair. And, and it doesn't sound like God, really, does it? No, it doesn't. And, and the answer is that's not really the end of the story. That is just one small piece, one small part of a story that is much, much, much bigger than that. So a simple lack of understanding gives Satan the ability to take the word away. Why, if Jesus is so powerful... Why would Jesus allow that to happen? And the answer is, and, 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 and you've got to stay with us for this, because this is an unfinished story that we're talking about. The answer is, is because they're on the do not call list. <laughs> it's that simple. <laughs> right, but what is the end result of the do not call list? That's the thing you have to figure out. That's where we have to get to. Because does the do not call list mean they're all doomed? It's, it's a they're all doomed list. Well, like a final judgment list? Right, right, exactly. Oh, okay. Folks, if you have a thought, it's 866-985-4255, toll-free, 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now. And go to our website, ChristianQuestions.com, and check out CQ Rewind, the full edition. Yeah, and, and there, especially, Jonathan, there's, there's bonus material for each program. Um, Seek Your Rewind, the full edition, gives you the ability to take the things we talk about, it puts them on paper, it illustrates them, it makes it easy to understand, and it's a free service. It's a transcript from this two-hour program, so you can listen on the archive to the program while you read along with it. It's a great Bible study. So all you need to do is go to ChristianQuestions.com, sign up, for Secret Rewind, the full edition, it is a free service. There is no obligation. The only obligation is for you to get a blessing from it. That you're, you're, that you're obligated. That's what we're expecting <laughs> from it. Because it, it helps to put the scriptures in order, and the things that we're saying, you might, you might see it differently. So it's a great opportunity to look at something and say, okay, I don't agree, and let me see how they got there. And, you know, if you want to disprove it or whatever, that's great. Use Secret Rewind to help you do that. So we've got the do-not-call list that Jesus takes time to explain. He's not just leaving it mysterious. He's saying, no, 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 I don't want them to get it. Now, let's go back to those who are, are on the, the, the call list. Again, if you have a do-not-call list, you have also would have a list of people that you want to call. For those people on the call list, we're going to go back to Ephesians chapter 5. We started this segment with verses 1 through 5, and now we're going to pick up with verses 6 through 10. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not be partakers with them, for you were formerly in darkness, but now you are in light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Lord consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth, trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. So in this scripture, Jonathan, it's actually referring back to some of those on the do not call list, right? That's right, and all the, the sins and evil that, that are there. Right, because these, uh, these, things, uh, these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Those are the ones on the do not call list. But he's saying, but don't be like them, 
be different, be in the situation in the category of wanting and being willing and able to be transformed. Now, with that in mind, let's go back to the skit guys uh, talking about God's chisel. And remember, Tommy is just learning about the pain of being chiseled, of having things taken away from his life. So let's listen to what happens next. Hang on a second. I mean, I, I got to admit, I, mean, I feel like you've been doing some great work, and I'm looking pretty good right now. All right, when you look in the mirror, who do you see? I see me. Okay, then I need to keep chiseling away because ultimately you and other people need to see my son. Okay, don't misunderstand me. It's just um, when I look more like Jesus, people get uncomfortable around me. I mean, even my church friends, and they're like, oh, you're holier than thou, you know? And, and I, don't, I don't think I'm supposed to make people uncomfortable. So what you're saying is you'd rather play God in certain areas of your life than for me to be God over your whole life. That is not what I said. It's what you meant. Yes, it is. Um... It's hard to talk to you. You know everything that I'm thinking. I'm just saying you've done some great work. Maybe we take a break, a sabbatical from each other, you know. I'll stay right here and then, you That's know. That's just it. You never just stay right there. You're either moving toward me or away from me, but never you just stay. And Jonathan, what, what a great example of the struggle that we all have. That's right, Rick. You know, we're, we're all sitting there saying, okay, God, enough, enough, enough. I, I'm looking pretty good right now. Things, things are feeling better. It's looking better. It's, it's feeling like we're in order. It's not so bad. And, and the point in, in the skit, God says to Tommy, he says, look, you can never just stay where you are. You're either moving towards me or you're moving away from me. And when you look in the mirror, here's the test, who do you see? If you don't see Jesus when you look in the mirror, then i got to keep chiseling. That's, that's very profound. It is, it is, and that's the work of a Christian, and for those who are on the call list, that's what they're obligated to. It's not just, oh, I love Jesus and everything's fine. It is a lot of work, so this call list, we can see, is very narrow because it's a difficult, difficult path. So that's beginning to establish the differences between being called and not being called. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, can everyone answer the gospel call? Coming up, can both ways be right? Can God have salvation for all and have a do not call list? Is that possible? That's next. Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, can everyone answer the gospel call? To be a part of our program, call toll-free 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now. And our website, ChristianQuestions.com. So, Jonathan, at the end of the last segment, uh, the question is raised. Okay, can it be can both ways be right? Can God have a do-not-call list but not be condemning everybody else? How could that possibly happen? And the answer is because it all happens in God's time. Let's take a look. Let's go back again to our theme scripture. We keep referring to it. And now let's get into some more depth on it. John 3.17. Let's read verse 18 as well. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Okay, so that's the theme scripture. God sent his son not to condemn the world. But now, but then it talks something about this, this condemning in the next verse that almost sounds like it's a contradiction. Go ahead. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, 
because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So, in, in, in one sentence it says, Jesus says, I didn't come to condemn the world, but I came to save the world. But then he says, but people that don't believe in me are condemned already. And you say, well, wait, 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 how could, how could both be true? Well, first of all, the problem is in the words, I think. That's one of the, the issues here. Okay. The word condemn doesn't really mean condemn. It is not a final judgment word. And, and I think we have to start with that. We read that from the King James Version purposefully because that word condemn, when, you, when you've condemned a building, what have you said about that building? It's going to be destroyed, knocked down. Right. right. It, it's useless. There is no, no possible way to restore it. It's been condemned. That's not what this particular word means. Let, let's go through and just define. What does that word actually mean? It means to distinguish. Okay. To separate, to, 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 to pick out, to select. So what Jesus is saying is he's not talking in terms of a final judgment here, but he is talking in terms of a selection process. And another part of the definition, to approve, esteem, or to prefer. Okay, a call list versus a do not call list. So that verse is talking about a separating out, but not a final judgment. Big difference between the two. Let's look at 1 Timothy five twenty-four and 25. Some men's sins are open beforehand, going before to judgment, and some men they follow after. Likewise also the good works of some are manifest beforehand, and they that are otherwise cannot be hid. So, Jonathan, there's a scriptural principle laid out here showing that judgment for some precedes the day of judgment. That is so interesting. And that is the pathway of those on the call list. You know, our skit guys talking about the development process, mm-hmm. Th- their sins go beforehand, open to judgment. Some men's sins they follow after. So there's a sense that there's are, there are different times when judgment is appropriate. And what we're suggesting is that this principle shows that the day of judgment is actually for the judging of the vast majority, but previous to the day of judgment is for the judgment of the Christian right now. Okay, let's go back to the skit guys and hear the conversation between God and Tommy in this chiseling process. What you're doing is called control. Do you want to control things or life or can I chisel? Control, chisel, control, no, chisel. No, chisel, chisel. All right. But can we chisel where I want? That's called control. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Now this right here, this secret sin that you keep running to whenever you're hurting, angry, lonely, tired, that you think you're fooling everybody, but it's making you a whitewashed tomb. Are you ready for me to chisel this out of your life? Yeah. See, it's a process. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. It's your whole life. And you care so deeply about what other people think of you. It's rubbish. It's garbage. The greatest thing you're ever going to hear is at the end of your life, when you hear me say, well done, good and faithful servant, that's what you keep your eye on. That's the prize. Heavenward. So the process continues. The chiseling work. And, and it's painful. And he's saying, you know, look, don't be, be so focused on what other people think. It's what God thinks. You look forward to God's ultimate acceptance of your, your, your person, 
being reformed. Jonathan, before we go to the phones, I want to just get into the next scripture, because we're talking about this judgment versus condemning thing, and, you know, when you condemn something, it is it's a final judgment. Well, here's a scripture that actually uses the word uh, from John chapter 3, verse 17, you know, God sent not his son in the world to condemn or judge the world, and it uses a different word for condemn. And I think this helps us to understand the difference between the two. So Luke 6, 37. Judge not, and ye shall not be judged. Okay, so judge not, and ye shall not be judged. Those are the words used in the John 3 scriptures that are translated condemn, but really don't mean condemn. They mean to distinguish, to separate, and so forth. Condemn not, and ye shall not be condemned. Forgive, and ye shall be forgiven. So when it says judge not, and ye shall not be judged, don't be doing a separating process, and you won't be separated out. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. What does that word mean? Uh, that's a good question, Rick. <laughs> oh, it means to judge against or pronounce guilty. So there is a pronouncement versus a separating process. Ah, interesting. So Jesus came into the world not to pronounce it guilty, but to save it. The pronouncing of guilty and innocent comes later on in the Day of Judgment. Let's go to the phone. All right, well, we have Julius from Connecticut. Good morning, Julius, and welcome to Christian Questions. Good morning, gentlemen. Thank you for the Bible study. You're welcome. <laughs> Can everyone uh, answer the gospel call? No, because not everyone is uh, is called to uh, to uh, a. It's it's an invitation, special invitation by God. Uh, I have a grammatical uh, observation. <clears throat> I see within the Bible uh, students' uh, circle, so many Bible scholars, whatever you want to call them where uh, they note that uh, there are two salvations, and uh, I, I agree with you. And I, my grammatical observation is this. There is one salvation with two faces to it. One is the earthly, and the other one is the, other one is the heavenly. And I've learned from listening to your program. I always learn something from listening to you fellows. I appreciate that. And uh, my scripture for that, that there is one salvation in two phases, uh, uh, is Acts 4.12, where it says there's only one salvation unto Jesus, uh, and two phases to it. Number two, uh, the call has to come uh, through Jesus. Uh, John 14.6, uh, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father except by me. That's John 14.6. And number three, Philippians 2.13, which connects to your skits, I believe, pretty directly, and it says, uh, Philippians uh, 2.13 says, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. It is God that works in with those that uh, he calls. And uh, they must, I like the skits where they say, you got to allow the artist to uh, work with you. And finally, the artist sees the finished work. God bless. Thank you. Thank you, Julius. Appreciate your call. Good day. Bye-bye. So, several very good scriptures there. And, and again, the, his point about the artist sees the finished work, that's the point. And that's why God can have a call list and a do not call list. And we look at it and say, well, that doesn't make sense. Well, to the artist it makes sense because he understands the why of having both of those for the eventual salvation of all man. So, Julius, thanks for, so much for all of those scriptures and those thoughts. Uh, Jonathan, let's get back to this Day of Judgment thing. And, folks, if you do have a thought, it's 866 985 
800-285-4255, toll-free, 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now. Christian Questions, a weekly habit that's good for you. Thanks for tuning us in every Sunday morning from 7 to 9. Join our conversation any day and time at ChristianQuestions.com. Let's go to Matthew twelve thirty four to 37, and this is Jesus is addressing the Pharisees. You brood of vipers, how can you speak good things when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. I tell you, on the day of judgment, you will have to give an account for every careless word you utter. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Okay, so on the day of judgment, there is going to be um, this this condemning, this final uh, judgment. But it's it's not until then, right? That's the point, I think, of this verse. Exactly. So it's saying that for those who are not following after Jesus, there's a judgment that comes afterwards. So they're obviously going to be judged on the Day of Judgment, even though they were presently judged unworthy at the time Jesus was speaking to them. And, so, they, and they rejected Jesus at that time. Right. So that was a judgment, but that wasn't the final judgment. And that's the point. So there is judgment that goes on in this world today for people who are not Christians. So we can't get away with anything? <laughs> we can't We can't just, you know, live worldly and expect, oh, we'll be saved, so we're okay? Exactly, exactly, exactly. Nobody gets away with anything because the things that we do today are not forgotten by God. And the reason they're not forgotten is because it's for everyone's own good that they are remembered so their characters can be cleaned up, if you will. Let's go back to uh, the skit guys again as a reminder to uh, of, of the path that the true Christian has to follow if they are really going to truly be called a Christian and live a Christian life. Oh, that hurts. Oh, trust me, this hurts me more than it hurts you. Right. Okay. I'm sorry. I just, I don't think you understand this pain. Pardon me? You're asking me to sacrifice a lot, God. Don't talk to me about sacrifice. I know all about sacrifice. I sent my son to die on the cross for pain, for sin, but I also did it for another reason, to give you freedom. Do you know what insanity is? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results. And there are things that you've been doing for years, these empty wells that don't have anything to offer. You've been going to them and it's insane. Allow me to chisel them out of your life. Um, allow me to produce character where you keep focusing so much on your image. I love that last statement. You know, allow me to produce character where you only focus on image. That's, that's what Christianity is supposed to be about. It's developing that Christ-like character in our lives. And we have to, Jonathan, we have to get away from the world. We can't be like the world anymore. You're right. And the world is all about image. <laughs> it really yeah. is. All right. We we'll only have a little bit of time here, Jonathan. One more quick scripture uh, on this judgment uh, situation here. John five twenty-seven to 30. And hath given him authority to execute judgment also, because he is the Son of Man. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming, in which all that are in their graves shall hear his voice, and shall come forth. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. Okay, now pause for a second, because the word for judgment that you first read 
and the word for damnation are exactly the same word. So that's a bad, bad translation. And, And that word means a time of crisis. It's not a final final decision-making. So the resurrection of, quote, damnation is really a resurrection of a time of trial, meaning they're going to have to make good for the things they did. Okay. Okay. So now finish the scripture. And I can of mine own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just, because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father which has sent me. So, Jonathan, as we we wrap up this this first hour, here's the bottom line. God does have a do-not-call list. He's got a, and that's a very big list, isn't it? It's huge. Um, we're talking billions and billions and billions of people are on that do not call list. He has a call list. Those who he is calling to follow after Jesus to be, uh, to, to, to make their lives sacrificial and walk in Jesus' footsteps. But on the do not call list is the everybody else. Now the do not call list is not a do not save list. That's different. That's something entirely different. It is still, it's a save later list. And that saving later happens on the day of judgment. In the second hour, we're going to really develop that and see how it works and what it all means. So, folks, you've got to stay with us for the second hour. If we're not on in your area, go to ChristianQuestions.com, click Listen Live, and stay with us. The question for today, can everyone answer the gospel call? It's a tough question. It's a deep question. Lots more to talk about. For Jonathan and Rick and Christian Questions, we'll be back after the news and all that. But till then... God, the gospel call in you. Think about it. is Christian Questions. Mahatma Gandhi once said, God is, even though the whole world deny him. Truth stands, even if there be no public support. It is self-sustained. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Christian Questions Talk Radio with your breakfast with Jonathan and Rick. This isn't your typical Christian commentary. We love talking with our audience. And we promise to never talk at you like so many talk shows do today. This is a conversation about biblical topics as we look at them from a different perspective. And Jonathan, what is that topic today on this fine Sunday morning? Well, Rick, our question is, can everyone answer the gospel call? And our theme text is found in John chapter 3, verse 17. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. And in the first hour, Jonathan, we were talking about several things. Uh, we were talking about God having a do-not-call list. That's right, and a call list, both. And, right, right, both. He's got, and, and you're saying, okay, but the do-not-call list is not a do-not-save list. That's see, that? interesting. Okay, so we have to make sure we understand that, and we have to see the, the plan of God unfolding in, 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 in its process. So, what do we know so far? Let's do a little bit of summing up from the first hour. What do we know so far? Well, God has a plan, and on one hand, he wants to save and bless all people. Okay, all people. How do we know that? Well, let's look at Genesis 22:18. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Okay, that's a blanket statement. All the nations of the earth shall be blessed. But what's on the other hand? Well, God, through Jesus, is only calling a few to understand and follow now. And how do we know that? Mark 4.12, 
that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted and their sin should be forgiven them. So Jesus specifically left most people out of what he was talking about. And he did that in light of the promises that say uh, that all the, the nations of the earth will be blessed, in light of the words that Jesus said, that he came not to judge the world but to save the world. So you've got to say, well, how does it work? And the answer is, those on the list that God calls are called to be developed now in the footsteps of Jesus now, and they will experience a heavenly reward if faithful to that. And Rick, in preparing for this program, I was thinking of the do not call list, and I was kind of lining up ideas on who's not who's on the do not call list. Well, how about everyone that died before Jesus' sacrifice? Okay. They, that's ca- they can't be called. <laughs> right, right. Right, they're, they're, they're on the do not call. Well, who else? Now, since Jesus sacrificed, those that never heard about Jesus or valued his life. Okay, so they're also on that do not call list. Who else? And those who believe other religions and who don't, who don't come to Christianity. Okay, it's, you, the list is growing. That's right, and those that profess Christianity but don't follow through with a life of sacrifice. So you have an awful lot of people on that do not call list, but again, just because it's a do not call list, doesn't mean it's a do-not-save list. Right. And, okay. and the, only, the last one is those that have not been given the Holy Spirit. Okay. So it's a broad, broad list. Now, for those who are on the list that Jesus calls, that God calls from Jesus, we have the skit that we keep going back to from the skit guys. And, and, and folks, I really, I would actually, absolutely t- tell you to, to go watch it on YouTube. I bought the video because I was so, so moved by the story. It is one of the guys is playing the part of God, having a conversation with Tommy, who is a Christian, and through the process, he, God is chiseling Tommy to become more Christ-like. So Tommy's having troubles now. He's, he's feeling like it's too much work, it's too hard, and let's go back to the skit and see how their conversation uh, goes, because Tommy is, 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 is really beginning to have doubts. Okay, but I was thinking. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. Okay, but if we went another way. Your ways are not my ways. Oh, I can't. You can't what? I I, I can't be good. That's your excuse. That's your excuse is that you can't be good. It's not an excuse. I can't. Oh, my child. In the beginning, I said it was good. I made you good. Be good. Yeah. But you and I both. What? No, what is it? Nothing, okay? You wouldn't understand. I, God of all the universe, wouldn't understand something one of my children has to say. Try me. It's just, um... I let you down so many times, God. No, my child. You were never holding me up. I hold you up with my victorious, righteous right hand. Never the other way around. In this relationship, I hold you up. Okay. Chisel away. Just just be prepared for what you're going to find in there. And you can see in, the, in, this, in this story, Jonathan, this dramatization, how uh, this, this man, Tommy, is coming to a point of realizing it's much more work than he thought. But he's also coming to the point of saying, okay, God, I'm really going to put myself entirely in your hands, chisel away. Wow, what a wonderful attitude. It's the attitude we should have. Right, but it takes time to get there. That's the point. Yes.
Folks, if you have a thought, it's 866-985-4255, toll-free, 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now. Out from the dark ages and into the light of today, join us 24-7 at ChristianQuestions.com. Let's take a look now at this process of do not call list, call list, how it all works together. Uh, Romans eight fourteen to 23. For, for as many as by God's Spirit are being led, the same are God's sons. For ye have not received a spirit of servitude leading back into fear, but you've received a spirit of sonship, whereby we are exclaimed, Abba, our Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness together with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, heirs also, heirs indeed of God, but co-heirs with Christ, if at least we are suffering together, in order that we may also be glorified together. For I reckon that unworthy are the sufferings of the present season to be compared with the glory about to be revealed toward us. And doesn't that sound just like the conversation in that God's chisel skit that we were listening to? It does. It really does. It's it's realizing that there's something bigger and greater that you're striving towards. And even though you're having trouble and difficulty, doesn't mean you can't. It just means it's hard, but you keep moving and you become co-heirs with Christ. But you have to suffer first. So that's the those who are on the call list. That's their destiny at this point. What about those on the do not call list? Well, verses 19 to 22 here start to describe their their life and what it looks like. For the eager outlook of creation ardently awaiteth the revealing of the sons of God. For unto vanity hath creation been made subject, not by choice, but by reason of him that made it subject in hope that creation itself also shall be freed from the bondage of decay into the freedom of the glory of the sons of God. For we know that all creation is sighing together and travailing in birth pangs together until the present. So there it's describing the rest of the world. It's describing the rest of everybody else. And it's saying that, it's interesting, it's saying they're eagerly waiting <clears throat> for the, the sons of God. Yes. But they don't like the sons of God right now, do they? <laughs> <laughs> no. They don't understand the sons of God. Right, but what, what's the world looking for? What's the world waiting for? Something better, a way out of this sin and death and prison house of, of, of evil. And, and that's the point. The world wants something bigger, something better, something where, where people can live in harmony and all of that. That's what they're looking for. They want to be freed from the shackles of misery that they're in right now. And so, so in, the, in, in Romans, the apostle is recognizing those that are called have a process they're going through right now to develop them, and those who are not called are still going through a process, but it's a process of being subject to sin and misery so that when the out actually arrives, they'll take it. And, and let's, let's finish the verse, verses, uh, verse 23 of Romans 8. And this is for the call list. Okay. And not only so, but we ourselves also, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we even ourselves, within our own selves, do sigh, sonship ardently awaiting the redemption of our body. So it's, it's, it's going back and forth. And so now that we see that there's a call list and a do not call list, and we realize that do not call does not mean do not save, it simply means save later, now it makes much more sense to see how God is working out a, a plan, a big plan, that's including everyone. That's right. We develop now, and the world, the world waits for us, those who are striving to follow after Christ, 
to, to finish that development. That's what's happening here. It's a two-pronged attack. Now, let's go back to the uh, to those on the call list, if you will, those who are being developed now. Romans will go further down in the chapter, Romans 8, 28 to 30. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his Son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. So there's a process that's happening here, and it is in the process of the development uh, in, uh, of, of those who are called, who are following after Jesus in his particular footstep. And it says, all things work together for good. And again, it reminds me of this skit that we keep listening to with the, with the, the conversation about how God knows and Tommy in that skit just needs to, to accept that and, in faith, go with God's judgment. So, for those called, their whole future depends upon their presence. Romans 12, 1 and 2 is a good scripture on that. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. And this is a great scripture as we go back to the sound bites on the, uh, the God's chisel done by the skit guys. Uh, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Let's look into the reactions of Tommy as, he's re- as God is now really working with him and getting down to the core of the issues of his imperfect humanity. Because I know who's inside there. Because I get up every morning and I look at him in the mirror and I hate who I see. Because deep inside there, this, this, this little kid who gets up every morning and dresses like an adult. And I go out and I, and I try to do what I'm supposed to do, but I can't, okay? I can't be who everybody else expects me to be. God, I can't even be who I want to be, much less who you created me to be. And so inside is this scared, stupid little kid. But you chisel away. Just be prepared. And Jonathan, that, that's very moving because, you know, that's, I, I, I know how that feels. And even the Apostle Paul, if you remember, he says, I don't do the things I want to do, and the things I do, I, I don't want to, I, I, I can't do. So yeah. it's that struggle, that inward struggle. Yeah, he's saying, I'm, I'm a walking contradiction. Yes. One more scripture before we go to break, First Corinthians 1, 26-29. For consider your calling, brethren, that there were not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong, and the base things of the world, and the despised God has chosen, the things that are not, so that he may nullify the things that are, so that no man may boast before God. And that gives us a sense of, of the, the pain that we saw in that little skit, uh, that God understands that, and he's chosen those of us who are weak because that way his glory can really shine through, and we, <laughs> there's no way we can take credit for it. You're right, Rick. And, and so that, it's the humble grow, growth in wisdom and in the footsteps of Christ. That's what those on the call list have to go through and experience. 
This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, Can Everyone Answer the Gospel Call? Coming up, what is God's purpose for the call list? Why in advance of everyone else? Isn't the reward sitting on a cloud and playing a harp anyway? That's next. You're listening to Christian Questions. Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, Can Everyone Answer the Gospel Call? To be a part of our program, call toll-free 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now. And our website, ChristianQuestions.com. And, Jonathan, as, as we go through this, you know, we're, we're looking at that we keep talking about the do not call list and the call list. And sort of the call list is a very, very narrow list, right? Yes, it is. Do not call list is very broad. And on that do not call list are many, many, many people who love God, who serve God in many, many different ways, and many people who, are, who, who love Christ even, but are just not sacrificing their lives to Him. Right. So what do you do with those? I mean, does God look at them as like, oh, you, you're all just worthless at this point? And, and, and I think that's the danger is to assume that, well, if you're not on that call list, that, you're, that, that at this point you're worthless. And that's simply not true. No, it's not. What is true is that God loves and appreciates and blesses all goodness, especially those who are trying to, to live not only righteously, but godly in this world. Even if you're confused, if that, there's a godliness, I think there's, a, there's a, a, a corresponding blessing to that, and God does appreciate that. And we just need to make sure we, that that's clearly understood because we're, we're, we're drawing this in, in ways that you're either in or you're out kind of a thing. Right, and that's a good point. And also, you know, what was the purpose for the call list? What's this development in advance of the world all about in following after Christ, uh, especially when some look at the reward as sitting on a cloud and playing a harp? Yeah, and there's there's no harps and no clouds. No, uh, no. That's not scriptural. And actually, at the end of the segment, we're going to be getting to what's the purpose of the calling out first, and it's for the blessing of everyone second. Uh, but we'll develop that as we go. Folks, if you have a thought, it's 866-985-4255, toll-free, 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now. And go to our website and become a Twitter follower. To learn about upcoming programs and new updates posted, our website has over 500 archive programs. Go to ChristianQuestions.com. And, Jonathan, the bottom line is the world needs saving. Jesus himself tells us of a future for the unrighteous, and the unrighteous are everybody who simply is not called out. Jesus saves the world in two stages, the true Christian first, the sacrificial Christian, and then the rest of the world second. John 5, 28 and 29 basically tells us that. Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming in which all who are in the tombs will hear his voice, who will come forth, those who did good deeds to a resurrection of life, and those who committed the evil deeds to a resurrection of judgment. So a resurrection of judgment. Again, that's not condemning. It's a resurrection of a separating out, where now you have to live up to a righteous standard, come to Christ in that time, versus those who don't come to Christ in this time. So, so the world continually attempts to right its own ship. The world keeps trying to make things right, but the only ultimate result they get is that sin and death further their grip on everybody. No matter what we do, no matter what our politics do, no matter who governs what country, 
Jonathan, the, the end result is always the same, isn't it? It is. It's futile. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good word. Acts 24, 14 and 15. Believing everything that is in accordance with the law and that is written in the prophets, having a hope in God, which these men cherish themselves, that there shall certainly be a resurrection of both the righteous and the wicked. So, here's the thing. There's, there's, with this promise of all being resurrected, then how does the gospel stay relevant if Jesus paid the price without the world wanting to accept him? You know what I mean? Good question. It doesn't, doesn't sound like it makes sense. How, how, could it, how could the gospel be relevant if Jesus is saving them, but they don't even want to hear about Jesus? And you know, even in our own country now, I mean, when you talk about Jesus in public, it's like, oh my goodness, you know, you're, you're mixing church and state. Stop it already. And it's a sad, it's a travesty to, that that Jesus is is put in a in a in a in a, in a category uh, about as low as can go in this world, and yet Jesus died for every one of them. So how does that all work? How does that all fit together? Romans two five through nine. We're going to take this in pieces. But after thy hardness and impotent heart treasureth up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God who will render to every man according to his deeds. Okay, so that is the, a proclamation toward those who are being judged, uh, or, or I'm sorry, those who are on the do not call list. Right. Now, there are different degrees of being on that do not call list, who will render to every man according to his deeds. So those of us, those of the world, who are not sacrificial followers of Christ, but really doing as good a job as they can, their deeds will be reflected in, in the resurrection time, the, the day of judgment. Yeah, but on the other hand, those that do evil and harm and hate and kill, theirs will be exposed too, Rick. Right. So everybody will be accountable. So if you are working hard and trying to be righteous, that will be blessed and yes. appreciated. If you are working at being evil and dark and selfish and miserable, then that will be what you're accountable for. Absolutely. Go to verse 7 then, because now this is back to those on the call list. To them who by patient continuance in well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. Okay, so who there is something good just set up for those who are sacrificing now, and that's the key. Because you're sacrificing now, there's goodness coming. Let's go back to the, uh, the, the skit guys and the development of Tommy uh, at the hand of God with his chisel and, and some of the issues that Tommy's working through. You have listened to so many voices for far too long that were not from me. And you have totally bought into the lie, haven't you? You think you're junk, don't you? When you lay your head down at night after you've done the dance to get the hug, you think you're junk. Listen to me, I don't take time to make junk. How can I show you that my love for you stretches as far as the east to the west? That How can I show you that my love for you has no end? I know, reach in your back pocket. What? Reach in your back pocket. Why? Are you arguing with me? Reach in your back pocket. Oh, God. Yes? I just meant, God, I'll do that right now. You're just saying my name in vain. Come on, it's, it's a name, it's a saying. It's a name above all names. It's more than a saying. It's more than a name. I want to teach you something about my name. Reach in your back pocket. 
And, and Jonathan, again, that touches on the core of our lives. We get frustrated, and but God is there with us. He knows, he understands, and he's going to show us if we're willing to listen. Right. And um, let, let's go back to, well, you know what, actually, we're just going to skip the rest of that Romans verse because, you know, time is, is fleeting here. Uh, we're, we're looking at the, um, the difference in approach to those who are on the call list, called according to his purpose, just like in that skit, versus the everybody else. Second Peter 2.9. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to reserve the unjust until the day of judgment to be punished. And again, when you say, aha, the day of judgment is to punish them, not so fast, not so fast. The word for punish doesn't really mean punish. It means to limit. And actually, Jonathan, the bonus material for a secret review on the, the full edition has some more on that definition. We don't have time to go through it today, right now. But um, what, it, what it's saying is the godly can be delivered out of temptations, but those who are not, sacrificially following after Jesus, they are reserved unto the day of judgment. And again, for those who are living lives that are righteous and they're trying and they're doing their best, the day of judgment is not going to be a bad day for them, is it? It's going to be wonderful. It is. They're going to, they're going to love the day of judgment because they'll be now in an environment where that righteousness will be shown to be... And it'll right flourish. Way. It'll flourish, Rick. Right, right. And so, so there is a goodness to being good now, even if you're not sacrificial. There is a greatness to being sacrificial, living in Christ and following his footsteps. That's the difference. And the greatness is a heavenly reward. And we've got to get to what that heavenly reward is going to produce in just a moment here. Um, one more scripture. Uh, we're going to go back to the skit guys, and then we're going to look at what the called out ones, why they're called out now ahead of time. Psalm uh, chapter 9, verse 8. And he will judge the world in righteousness. He will execute judgment for the peoples with equity. So, that, that, see, Jonathan, that is a good news scripture. Oh, for sure. You know, how often do you see judging as good news? Well, when you see it in the hands of God and with the word righteousness, uh, and you see equity involved, then all of a sudden God's judgment is a good thing and a welcome thing. Well, if God is love, wouldn't you expect that? You would, and, and that's the thing. If God is love, then having a do-not-call list where almost everybody is on it should not be a bad thing because do-not-call does not equal do-not-save. Rather, it equals save later. That's the key. But again, let's go back to the skit guy, guys one more time for this segment and just get a sense of you know, Tommy in the, in the last uh, uh, soundbite reached into his back pocket to pick, to, to, to get, was taking something out of his pocket. God's trying to teach him a lesson. Let's listen to what the lesson is. You know what that is? Yeah, it's a, uh, it, it's a note. I, I wrote it when I was in college. How did you get this? Hello? Oh, yeah. Go ahead, read it. I love Angie. Other side. Sorry. Dear God, did I hear you right today? Did I hear you say that you love me? Even though you and I both know I've messed up so many times. Did I hear you say you want to use me? And I feel 
so useless. If you'll take me, then use me. Then, God, I give you all that I am. Take me. I love you, God. I love you too. And I love you too much just to leave you where you're at. And so, Jonathan, again, God is using in the skit the experiences of Tommy's life to show him that it's a process that he's on. He's to show him that the individual lives and struggles of the called out ones are the necessary turmoil for each one to become so much more than they are for the purpose of, for the purpose of blessing everybody who's not on the call list. And that's the key. And that's the glory of the plan of God here. That's the glory of it. And we know that that's what they're supposed to do because the scriptures tell us that. First Peter chapter 2, verses 9 through 12. These are verses that show us the purpose of the called out ones being chiseled and focused now and being given their heavenly reward. What's it for? Well, let's look at the verse. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So it gives you a sense that there is something absolutely special about those on the call list, right? That's right. They are lifted up to a very, very specific situation, a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. I mean, they are, they're there not to play a harp on some cloud, but they're there for a very specific purpose. Let's continue. For you once were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers to abstain from fleshly lusts, which wage war against the soul. So here, again, you weren't always in this category, but God has called you out to put you into this category of God's mercy. You are now the people of God. Why? Why are you now the people of God? What about the everybody else? What about all of those on the do not call list? Well, verse 12 helps us understand the the role. Keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles, so that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they may, because of your good deeds as they observe them, glorify God in the day of visitation. So the everybody else isn't necessarily going to glorify God now. No, but later at the day of judgment, the day of visitation, they'll remember and they'll say, wow, I remember that person when they were serving God and I kind of gave them a hard time and I thought, boy, they're weird. (laughs) <laughs> but but then they will glorify God. Yes. So the intimation is that the everybody else can, can come to the opportunity of actually glorifying God. And Jonathan, one just quick quick little story about just living our, our, our lives in the gospel. Uh, Trish and I, uh, on Friday, we went out to, to have dinner together. We went to a restaurant, we sat down, you know, we both bowed our heads to pray uh, before our meal, just quietly, you know, you're not just doing it quietly, and a meal was served, and we're eating, and these people come walking by who were sitting across from us, and the guy stops at our table, and he looks at us, he says, I just want to thank you for not being afraid to give honor to God in a public place. Wow. And and then he walked away. (laughs) Neat. And, And, you know, it's that. It's the living in the little things that helps us 
to bring God's glory in the big things, especially in the reconciling of the entire world of mankind. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, Can Everyone Answer the Gospel Call? Coming up, since there is a do not call list and a call list, what about a resurrection only list and a no resurrection list? That's next. You're listening to Christian Questions. Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, Can Everyone Answer the Gospel Call? To be a part of our program, call toll-free 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now. And our website, ChristianQuestions.com. And Jonathan, as we go through this and begin to wrap up our, our thinking on this, God does have a resurrect-only list. Uh, and, and those people who are on the do-not-call list are on the resurrect-only list. What a blessing. And, you know, there is, a, uh, there is another list. What was that other one you said? The yeah, one th- this one is a no-resurrection list. And that only happens after someone has, in a just environment, proven themselves to be incorrigible in the sight of God. Uh, I don't think that, that that's a very big list, but that only happens after everyone is given an, a complete, ample, clear, just opportunity toward righteousness. And I was thinking of the called-out ones, if they started following after Jesus, and then later they turned their back on him and actually did the sin against the Spirit, um, going such to a point of not believing in the ransom of Jesus' sacrifice, they no longer will have an opportunity in God's kingdom. And they would have, would have had to have God's Spirit working in their lives for that to happen. First, so, yes. Yeah, it's very it's, it's a difficult list to get on. Um, but let, let, let's focus on the other lists, because the vast majority of humanity is going to be on these other lists. Yes. First uh, Timothy 4.10. For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach, because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. All right, so Savior of all men, especially of those that believe, especially of those who are being willing to be chiseled now because they want to make their lives look like Jesus. Let's go back again to the skit guys. Um, remember now that Tommy just read the note that he had written to, to God when he was younger, and God is, is basically drawing him to the point of really understanding what's required of him. This salvation that you hold, I don't want it to be some sentimental gush or some head knowledge. I want you to work it out in every detail of your life. And when problems come and chaos happens, don't look at it as a prison, but look at it as a father disciplines his child. A father disciplines the ones he loves. I know, but it's going to be tough. Yes, but you bought into the life thinking everything was going to be easy when you gave everything over to me. There will be trouble in this world. And that's the point. For, for those called out ones, there will be trouble in this world, and you have to be chiseled. And Jonathan, the point is, you know, this chiseling is such a great picture. It really is, Rick. And in, in the future, in the Day of Judgment, the world is going to have to be chiseled as well. Yes. So nobody gets away from the chisel, it just matters when it's applied. Exactly. Uh, Hebrews 2.9. But we do see him who was made a little lower than the angels, namely Jesus, because of the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. Okay. 
He might taste death for everyone. How do we prove that in Scripture? Because, again, most Christians, um, you look at that, and it doesn't seem to make sense that that's going to happen, because we just see the calling, and we don't see anything further. So let's take some time now, and let's look at the provability of that Scripture that Jesus tasted death for everyone in Scripture. Daniel uh, Daniel 2.44. And in the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that shall never be destroyed, nor shall this kingdom be left to another people. It shall crush all these kingdoms and bring them to an end, and it shall stand forever. So there is a prophecy in Daniel that says, basically, you know what? There is something uh, big going to happen here, and this kingdom of God is going to crush all these other kingdoms. It will stand forever. This work of establishing this new kingdom is done through Jesus and the called out ones. That's right, Rick, and from heaven over the earth. Right, exactly, exactly. So the called out ones with Jesus are establishing this. Let's go back to the skit guys one last time and finish up the story of the chiseling. I want you to do something. I want you to look out there and I want you to say, Tommy is God's original masterpiece. Tommy is God's... No, not the way you see yourself or you try so desperately for others to see you, but maybe for the first time in your life, the way I see you, the way I created you. Tommy is God's original masterpiece. Yes, you are. And so are you. God doesn't make junk. You are an original masterpiece. And Jonathan, it just it's such a moving story. It really is. I love it. And, you know, one, one minor detail, and I almost hate to bring it up, I think we see it a little bit differently. They're, they're sort of saying, you know, chisel away everything away off of your life to get back to what you originally were. And I, I, I more see it, God chiseling everything away from our lives to get back to what he wants us to be. I, that's a good point. Uh, but other than that, I, I have watched this video several times when you came by to do some work with me on some other things you and I we sat and watched it again yeah it's awesome and 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 folks I really I really recommend that you if you're trying to follow after Christ and trying to live a life that's bigger and better use things like that as inspiration to say yes I have to be selfless because the reason for being selfless and the reason for being Christ-like is so that we can do the work that we're supposed to do now, what's that work we're supposed to do? Let's go back to 1 Peter 2.10. For you once were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Okay, you weren't, but now you are. Now what? What happens since that, with, with that situation developing? This is all according to scripture, scripture. What's going to be happening with the chiseled ones, the called out ones who follow Christ, they are there to bless, like you were saying, to bless the families of the earth, and it's all going to happen on this earth. Now, they go to heaven. There's no question about that. Jesus was unmistakably clear on that. Yes, he was. But, folks, you've got to realize that in the scriptures, specifically the Old Testament, there are loads of prophecies that talk about the earth and the world 
in a context that we don't see it now. Let's touch on those because this is, Jonathan, this is everybody who's on the do not call list. This is what's going to happen for them and to them. To them. Let's start with Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 14. For the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Have we seen the earth filled with the knowledge and the glory of the Lord? No. And does it look like it's going to happen anytime soon? Not in this present evil world. No, of course not. But you can't take a scripture like that and say, oh, that's just poetry. Wouldn't that be nice? Isn't that a nice dream? Oh, if only it could happen. If it's written in the scriptures, folks, what that means is it's going to happen. And that's one, those are just a couple of lines from the book of Habakkuk. Let's go down through several other scriptures, some in Psalms, some in Zechariah, and so forth. Psalm twenty-two, twenty-seven. All the ends of the world shall remember and turn unto the Lord, and all the kindreds of the nations shall worship before thee. You know, and it's funny because, you know, we talk about world governments and we say, you know, a church-state union is not a good thing. That's right. It is not a good thing. But when God rules the earth through Jesus, a God-state union is the best <laughs> thing you could ever get. Amen. And, and that's what that psalmist is describing. All the ends of the world will remember and turn to God. All the kindreds and the nations shall worship before thee. It is a God-state union. That's prophesied to happen on the earth. Psalm 86.9 All nations whom thou hast made shall come and worship before thee, O Lord, and shall glorify thy name. Now, think about that. All nations not only worship before God, but they glorify his name. And, you know, Jonathan, sometimes we can we can worship in a begrudging way. Okay, that's true. You can't glorify in a begrudging way. So when it says all nations shall worship, you can say, yeah, well, they'll be forced to. Uh, no, they won't, because they will glorify his name. That comes from the heart, doesn't it? Exactly, that's the point. The point is that the heart of men will be made such that it will honor God entirely, no matter what happens. Isaiah eleven nine. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Okay, again, and, and Jonathan, you see the theme that's going through these scriptures? Yeah, it sounds, reminds me of the Lord's Prayer. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So, and it gives you a sense of the magnitude that they shall not hurt or destroy. The earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord. Yes. I mean, when you think about it, right now the earth is, you know the internet, how it spreads throughout the world? Yes. But the earth is still not full of the internet. Good point. But we look at it that way. Imagine the knowledge of God spreading further and faster and more more efficiently than the internet. Cool. That's, that's <laughs> what this scripture is saying. Zechariah 14.9. And the Lord shall be king over all the earth, and in that day shall there be one Lord and his name won. So there you have it. A, a, a God-state union, Zechariah, is, 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 fulfilling, is, is showing us that that's going to happen. So these are all just one-liners, one line, one if you will, from, from different prophecies that show us the magnitude of where everybody on the do-not-call list ends up and the opportunity they have for life in that environment. Revelation 11.15. And the seventh angel sounded, and there was a great voice in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And again, you have in Revelation, you have in the last book of the Bible, a sense that 
the the kingdoms of this world are terminal, but they come become the kingdom of the kingdoms of God and His Christ, and you have an everlasting kingdom, everlasting kingdom. Everybody on the do not call list, Jonathan, has that opportunity according to Scripture. One, one last prophecy before we wrap this up this morning: Isaiah sixty-five twenty-one to twenty-five. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For like the days of a tree shall the days of my people be, and my chosen shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain or bear children for calamity, for they shall be offspring blessed by the Lord and their descendants as well. Before they call, I will answer. While they are speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox. But the serpent, its food shall be dust. They shall not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, says the Lord. So, Jonathan, there's several things in that scripture we want to talk about here. First of all, it talks about they, and it's, and it's a very broad statement. They're going to build houses. They're going to plant vineyards. They're going to eat fruit. So, obviously, there's work. That's right, and those are the do-not-call-list people. <laughs> right. So, when you think about it, the opportunity for the do-not-call-list people is wonderful. It is. And here's the thing, though. Does that mean, um, again, what happens to the people who are called? They are in heaven with God and Christ, and they are working with, they are running. Because remember, it says they were a royal priesthood? Yes, they're a priesthood over all of the people on the do not call list. And, and also the curse will be lifted. Right, right. So you have the opportunity to restore that which was lost. What was lost? Heaven wasn't lost. Heaven was an extra bonus gift from God. That's what right. What was lost was a perfect earth. Correct. These prophecies are focusing us on the fact that a perfect earth comes back and that everyone cannot answer the gospel call now because the bottom line is the gospel call now is to call out those few who are willing to make their lives like Christ in an environment that's not good and not easy to be faithful so they can be trusted with, with internal life, not just eternal, but internal life with Christ so they can govern with Christ and God over all the nations of the earth who were paid for by the ransom of Jesus Christ. Everybody was paid for. Some get the benefit sooner, the called out ones. Everyone else gets the benefit later. So the fact that everyone doesn't answer the gospel call now is not a problem. It's a blessing. For Jonathan and Rick's Christian Questions, we truly hope you've enjoyed being with us this morning. We've enjoyed being with you. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook. Leave us your thoughts and comments. We'd love to hear from you. But until next time, until next week, can everyone answer the gospel call? No, but not to worry. God's got this. Until next week. Think about it.